Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Are you excited to hear the word today? Um, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. There is a there is a fulfillment that you and I that we have when we are able to impact somebody else's life. Like when you're making a difference, when you're out there on the dream team, when you're serving somebody else, when you're serving someone that you may not even know, you don't know their kids, you don't know their family, you're opening doors for people that that you may not know, but God knows and you're making a difference, like that's impactful. That's impactful when you are changing someone's life. Raise your hand if you're on the dream team waving at me. Look at all these hands. We are changing lives every single Sunday because God has called us to make a difference. Somebody say difference. He's he's given us this mandate. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard uh, these words before, but I know you have. It's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And what it is, is Jesus sends us on a mission. After he died and he paid the price, he sends us on a mission to impact our world. And it's called the Great Commissions. And I'm going to show it to you in the Gospels. I'm going to show you five different accounts. You know that the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what they did is they wrote the story of Jesus but just from their perspective. So I want to show you their perspective of what the Gospels, uh, what the Great Commissions look like. Here's how it looks like in Matthew. It says, therefore, go, somebody say go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm going to be with you even to the end of this age. That was Matthew's perspective. Here's how it looks like in Mark. Mark says, he said to them, go, somebody say go, into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Mark says, we have some good news. We have this great gospel of hope, of grace, of love. And he's telling us, hey, go into all of creation and tell them about the good news. That's Mark's perspective. Here is Luke's perspective. We're talking about the great commission. Luke says, with my authority, Man, that's a great word. He says, take this message of repentance. Do you know that you and I, we have authority through the name of Jesus Christ? Like the same authority that was on Jesus is the same authority that is in me and it's in you. And so much so, God is, God is saying, hey, I want you to take this message of love to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. When he was talking to them, they were right there in the center. He said, hey, reach your town, reach your city, reach your coworkers, do it right here and tell them this, that God has forgiveness of all sin and doesn't matter where you are, what you've done, what what you've done, there is forgiveness for those who turn to me. 
Here's how it says in, in the book of John. It says this, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The Bible says, Jesus said that the same works that he did, that we would do even greater works. So if God sent Jesus, then Jesus is sending you. He said, go, go. One more. I'll show you one more. Here, it's, here's how it looks like in Acts. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Notice that the power only resides until the Holy Spirit comes on you. Okay? The, we as humans, we can't do anything for God if the Holy Spirit is not indwelling on the inside of us, the third person in the Trinity. But when the Holy Spirit takes over you, it says, you will be my witnesses. You will be the ones telling the story in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and at the end of the earth. It's you. It's us. You know, people ask, hey, why are we going online? Or um, why are we opening up another campus? Or, you know, why are we investing all this money in, 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 in TV screens and this and that and the lighting? You know what? Jesus is coming back, people. I said, Jesus is coming back and the church needs to get ready. And God is sending us on commission. He's sending us to go. He's saying, hey, go into all the world and preach this good news of Jesus. And, and I feel that we are here to populate heaven. We are here to make heaven bigger. And, and my perspective, like this is kind of like a locker room. This is like, like a halftime locker room. And there's a, there's a real game that we're playing. And there's a real scoreboard called heaven and hell. Come on, somebody. And I'm right here. I'm like... Come on, everybody. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Because we're on mission. We're on a mission. And I have one thought that I would like to give to you. It's very simple. It's very short. And it looks like this. We cannot reach what we cannot see. We cannot reach what we cannot see. It's easy to, to, to be driving, right? And, and we see the homeless person. It's easy just you know what? I'm not going to look. It's easy uh, not to visit a third world country and, and see the devastation and, and the hunger and things that are happening. It's easy. Um, I remember one time I went to a third world country and I was, uh, I was in the country of Colombia. And me and my friends, we were just driving. We we're going to this restaurant and we saw a little family and their house was made of straw and mud. And it was Mom and dad had a bunch of kids and I locked eyes with the dad and we just had to stop. We said, no, we need to do something. We need to either give them food, we need to pay for, we need to help them. But before I even drove by, I didn't know that they existed. Sometimes we're passing by people and places and we don't even know that they exist. But I tell you one thing, after I interact with them, I knew that they were there. I just didn't see them. And because I didn't see them, I couldn't reach them. I'll give you another example, but maybe a more simple one. Um, have you ever been in traffic and like nobody lets you in? Right? Like you're, 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 
you're there, you're, you're parked, and, and you know, people are just you know, passing by, and they're not looking at you. They're like, nope, I ain't going to look at you. Nope, I'm not letting you in, right? If that's your neighbor, like, don't, don't hit him on the elbow. But I remember one time I was on 31, and 31, there's a lot of like, traffic and construction, okay? Um, somebody said all the time. Yeah. There was a, there was a, a lot of, and I'm, I just got out of the gasoline station and nobody was letting me in. Like people were just like, just butting together. Like, nope. Right. And I was sitting there for a good minute and there was this mom and this daughter in the car. And finally, like somebody looked at me, like the daughter looked at me. And when she looked at me, I was like, <laughs> and, and the daughter was like, she like looked over to the mom. She's like, wow, I think we need to let him in. Right? And the mom was like, finally, just let me in. You know, the, the funny thing is, is that before they saw me, I was just a car. After they saw me, I became a person. How many people do we pass by every single day that we need to see and that we need to reach? Let me tell you a little story. Um, in the Bible, the disciples, they were going on an errand and they left Jesus alone. And I believe that it was by divine appointment that Jesus was left alone because he meets this Samaritan woman. You probably know the story. He meets this Samaritan woman and uh, he meets her at the well and he says, hey, would you give me some water? And the Samaritan woman's like, you know, don't you have something to draw? And it's just, and, and Jesus says, hey, like, I know you, you got five husbands and the guy that you with right now, like you just met on Christian Mingle. Like, stop playing with me. Okay. And she's like, some of y'all clapping. Some of y'all on Christian Mingle right now. It's like, don't even play. <laughs> right. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. You're a prophet. I, yeah. And Jesus is like, hey, the water that I have, like you will never thirst again. And then all of a sudden, it became a moment. All of a sudden, you know, it, it, it went from a casual two people getting water. All of a sudden, the spirit of God fell in that well. And just, just, just picture this for a second. I, I just pictured the well that, that Jesus was in front of. I believe it transformed into his pulpit and the water became his illustrative message. And he said, girl, I know that you don't know me but I know you. And Jeremiah says that before the foundations were ever created, I knew you. I knew your name. I knew your story. And you don't need a man right now to satisfy you. I got some living water that will bring life to you. Come on, somebody. And there's somebody here today. You might be saying, I need a man. I need a girl. You need some eternal water right now. And she was just having a moment with Jesus, didn't even know who he was, but just having a moment. I love it because so many times, you know, we think, man, if, if we could just bring our, 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 our friend to church, if we could just bring them to the house of God, if they can just attend one of our services, Jesus didn't care. 
Jesus, he didn't wait for her to come to the 1130. He brought the 1130 to her and said, hey, I'm going to meet you right where you are. Revival was happening at the well. And the the disciples at the same time, like they're, they're coming back and they're starting to see that, that Jesus is talking to this woman. And, and mind you, back in the day, men couldn't speak to women, right? And Jews and Samaritans, they couldn't speak towards each other. But Jesus, he just went and he spoke to this woman. And now we pick up the story in John chapter four. Here's what it says. It says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked. No, <laughs> no one asked, hey, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Nobody asked. You know, the disciples, they were away for, for a long time, away from Jesus. The first thing you ask when you approach your teacher, hey, Jesus, can I get you anything? Are you okay? Like, do you, do you need me to take, what is it? And, but nobody asked. And nobody asked, hey, bro, why are you talking to the woman? She's a Samaritan. Nobody asked. So the question that I have for you is, why did John put an emphasis for us to, to see these two phrases in the Bible? Or why did the Holy Spirit want us to read these two phrases that they didn't ask? Maybe it's because after this happened, they wish they would have asked Jesus. Maybe it's they, they wish they would have asked Jesus. Maybe they didn't even know. So it says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. This lady goes back to the town. She's telling everybody, right? Because like everybody knows her, right? And when I say like everybody knows her, like I'm saying like everybody knows her. Like, you know what I mean, right? She's a work in progress, right? Relax, right? She's growing. So he says, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? So they came out of the town. This is, folks, I, I can't make this up. Watch, watch how the disciples react, okay? They came out of the town. So that means that the town is coming towards the people. Do you see it? There's a, there's a large town coming towards you. Just imagine that. There's a large town coming towards you. One more time. There is a large town coming towards you. And meanwhile... His disciples urged him, Rabbi, why don't we go get Cracker Barrel? <laughs> like, let's get something to eat, right? But he, they didn't even see it. But he said to them, hey, hey guys, I have, I have food. Do you see this town that's coming to us right now? Right? I can't make this up. Then the disciples said to each other, oh, someone must have brought him food. We're okay. Like, they didn't. What's the thought that I gave you before? We cannot reach what we cannot see. The disciples, they were just oblivious what's going on. And the question is, if they missed it, could we? 
Here are our 12 men who are, man, with Jesus. They know their word, but they missed it. And if they missed it, man, how many times have I missed it going through mire? How many times have I missed it at my job? How many times I've missed it going just through my normal day that I, I can't see the Samaritan women or men that are passing by each and every day? Are we missing it? So he says, my food, he's like, I'm, I'm hungry. Okay? Jesus was an eater, right? He loved it. Um, he said, my food, though, it's, it's to do the, the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? And here is the title of my message. Here is what we're talking about. And Jesus says this, open your eyes. That's all we got to do. He's not talking about the physical eyes. He's talking about the spiritual eyes because there's people that they're hurting, they're broken, they're lost, and we need to open our eyes. And he said, look at the fields. Look, at. do you see the town coming? Do you see the people approaching? Do you see the woman that started this revival? Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. This is Jesus saying, and so many times we can focus on just on us right? It's just, it's, it's about me. It's about my family, my kids, my life, my house, me, 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 me. And our prayers are centered only about us and not centered about others. Here's the question. If God answered all of my prayers, would it change the world or would it change me? You know, if we could look deep into your prayers, what are what are you praying about? Is it more about self or is it more about others? I'll raise my hand. Yep. Sometimes I pray about self. Sometimes I pray about me and my wife and my kids more than I pray about anything else. But if we're being like Jesus and Jesus means we are countercultural, which means we're about others. We're about loving others, praying for others. I'm not here just to change me. I know God has placed me here to change the world. I know God has chosen you to change the world. I know God has chosen you to make an impact in this generation. I know God has chosen you to make a difference. And it's time for you to see the leader in you. It's time for you to see that the spirit of God is, is dwelling on the inside of you. And you can make a difference, not tomorrow, but right now. You can make a difference right now. At your job, at your school, in your workplace. Let me give you an example. You guys can come up. It's hard, to, it's hard to see it sometimes. We cannot reach what we cannot see. And sometimes it's hard to see. But I'm going to give you an example. So there is 7.6 billion people on earth. You guys are good right there. I'll switch it up later. There's 7.6 billion people on earth. Statistics show that out of the 7.6 billion, only 2.4 call themselves Christian. So that means that there is 5.4 who are not going to go to heaven. If Jesus would come right now, 5.4 billion would not go to heaven. Okay? And, and you see, nobody cried. Like nobody got on their knees. Why? It's just a number. We can't, we can't see it. But 
I want to help you see it, what 5.4 billion looks like. Okay, turn this way, okay, and you get right here. Um, in April of 2011, there was a tornado that hit our country in Birmingham, and 239 people died. You know, if we would make a line and we would say, how long is 239 people? That's about 80 yards, almost the length of a football field, okay? I'll give you another number. On 9-11, 2,996 people died. You know how long that line is if we're going? That's about six-tenths of a mile, okay? So just imagine you're driving and you're seeing these faces. You're seeing these faces. You're seeing for about six-tenths of a mile keeps going. Here's another one. December 26, 2004, maybe some of you guys remember this day, but a tsunami hit and 250,000 people died. You know how long that line is? 47 miles long. To give you a perspective, that is from here to Indianapolis. And as you're driving, you just see the faces. You see it going through Kokomo, through Tipton, through Noblesville, through Westfield. And it keeps going and going and going. Thank you, guys. How long is the line for 5.4 billion? How long is that line? Well, would it, would it pass the state of Indiana? It would pass the state. It would go through... Colorado, it would go through Kansas. And when it got to California, we would have to build a bridge because there would be still people that we need to put on the line. It would go through the Pacific all the way to like the Pacific Rim where Japan is. And when we got to Japan, we would still have people to put on the line. It would go through Japan, all through the Middle East, the top of Africa, and I'm talking about like the widest part of the equator, people. When we get to the Atlantic, we would have to build a bridge because there were still people to be put on that line. It would go through New York, it would go through New Jersey, and then the line would meet the line. It wouldn't happen one time, it wouldn't happen five, not 10, not 20, not 50, not a hundred, it would happen 124 times. That's how long 5.4 billion is. That's why our church doors are open every single Sunday. That's why we are here to make a difference because we want to be able to reach those people. Cannot reach what we cannot see. And before, it was just a number, right? But now you understand, wow, there might be people that I need to reach. There might be people that I need to impact. Here are three thoughts that I want to give to you on how to open your eyes. Number one, open our eyes to where they are. That's what we have to do. If you're taking notes, here's three points. Open our eyes to where they are, 
to where they are. And, you know, I, I don't think that coincidence happened in the kingdom of God. You know, you, you ever spoken to someone, I'll give you an example, you ever spoken to someone and you're just encouraging them or, and, or you're saying some uplifting words and they say, man, I needed to hear that. They say, man, like, I, I really needed to, to hear those words. Thank you for sending me that scripture. Thank you for encouraging me. Those are some divine appointments that God sets us up. And I, I'm challenging you. We need to do more of that. We need to find out where they are. God, show me these people that I need to talk to. Show me these people that I need to encounter and show the love of God. Here's how it says in the book of Psalms. Psalms says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So I know that every single day when I take a step, there's someone that might be in front of me that needs the love of Jesus because my steps are ordered by the Lord. I know there's somebody that needs to hear about the grace of Christ because my steps are ordered by the Lord. Here's how it says in Proverbs. Proverbs says this, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. We all got plans, right? But raise your hand if you're a task-oriented person, okay? Right? We all got, like, you have, like, to-do lists, like, you got things to do, like, check mark, check mark. Yeah, I am a so task-oriented person, and sometimes my tasks can get in the way of people. And don't be so focused on the tasks that you forget the people. Don't be so focused on the project that you forget the people. There are people that pass by us every single day, and we need to open our eyes to where they are. Number two is we need to open our eyes to who they are who they are. You know, there's people in this world, and I'll be honest, there's people in this world that you may not like. And you know what? I don't like them either. No, I'm joking. <laughs> there's people, there's people that you may not get along with. There's people that, you know, there might be some hostility for whatever reason, but hey, we are in this short window God has called us to put aside our differences and to love those individuals. You know why? Because just the same way you're a child of God is the same way that they're a child of God. And that's the perspective that we need to see them through. Here's a scripture. It's in Matthew. It says, says this, when he saw the crowds, he had, say that word, he had compassion. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless because they had no shepherd. They didn't have someone to, to lead them. He had compassion. When was the last time you had compassion over someone? I was reading this scripture this week, and I was reading it, and I just felt the Spirit say, hey, take out, and this is for somebody online too. You see where it says crowds? Take out that word crowd and replace it with the person that you don't like. Put their name there and then read the scripture. And when he saw blank, he had compassion. Who is it today that you need to have 
compassion over? Who is it today that you need to reach and love? You know, there's a, there's a pastor in uh, South Korea. His name is Paul Yonggi Chow. Paul Yonggi Chow. And he has one million people in attendance in his church. He's famous for his teachings on prayer. And he, he taught, you know, the seven uh, phases of the Lord's prayer. And he made this amazing outline on it. And when he got to the part where, you know, God, forgive us our debts as we forgive, you know, those who trespass us. I'm never going to forget. He said, Lord, every day I forgive so many people because I hate so many people. <laughs> I'm like, I, got, I relate, bro. I relate. I got you. Okay. Somebody's like, yes. Oh my God. Freedom. No, we got to forgive them. Compassion. Compassion. Okay? Point number three. Open our eyes to what they need. Open our eyes to what they need. There's two sides, right? There's, there's two sides. There's a, there's a grace side and there's a truth side. There's a grace side and there's a truth side. And the truth side, man, the truth side is rough. The truth side is, hey, they say things like, hey, you're wrong. I'm right. You're not, you're not living the biblical way. You're wrong. I'm right. You're going to hell tomorrow. All right? That's truth. That's truth. And, and in a way, yeah, they're right. They are speaking the truth. But God didn't call us just to speak truth. God didn't call us to speak truth. God called us to be effective. And this truth side over here, although they may be saying all the truth, they ain't reaching anybody. Okay? You, you can't reach anybody by leading with condemnation. Then we got this gray side over here. Gray side, oh man, they have a lot of fun. It's grace, 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 grace. Don't worry about it. You sin, there's grace, okay? Like God will forgive you. And that's all true. God has covered every single sin in your life. You don't gotta pay for it. But when you live in either extremes, it becomes dangerous and we need to marry both. Jesus puts it the best way in the book of John. And he says this, he says, the word became flesh and made dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory and the glory of the only, the only son who came from the father. Come on, say this all together on three, one, two, three full of grace and truth and grace always comes first always comes first i like to say it like this truth without grace is mean but grace without truth is meaningless we need both we need we need grace and truth I, jesus I'll show it to you. It's all biblical. Jesus, he's standing in front of the lady who's, who's about to be stoned, who committed adultery. And he said, hey, where are your accusers? And she looks around and there's no one. And Jesus looks at her and he says this. He says, I neither accuse you. Truth. Sorry. Grace. He said, neither do I accuse you. That's grace. But he doesn't leave it at the grace side. He says, now go and 
do not live a life of sin. That's truth right there. We need both. We need grace and truth. In order for us to open our eyes, we need to open our eyes to where they are, open our eyes to who they are, and open our eyes to what they need. Who is it at your job, at your workplace, at that coffee shop? You see the same person every single day at that coffee shop. Who is it that you need to open your eyes to? The disciples, you you saw it. They missed it. They missed it. I don't want to stop missing it. I got. I I won't be able to reach 5.2 billion. Never be able to reach that. But I can reach one. And I can make a difference in one. Who is your one that you will reach today? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Maybe there's somebody here today. You feel like you're far from God. And you feel like, man, I've... I haven't been right with God for a while. I've, I've got so many mistakes. I've got so many things that I've done. And there's grace. There's grace for your life. The, the, there's forgiveness of sin. And it's just more than that. The truth is, is that you don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to go back to your past. God can actually redeem your past today and that's for somebody right now god wants to redeem your past god wants to set you free and from this day forward you will never be the same again and i want to pray with you but before i do that i want to know who i'm praying for if that's you if if you want to say yes to jesus if you want a fresh start people are already raising their hands thank you so much for that hand thank you so much for that hand if that's you today just raise your hand right where you are thank you thank you in the back thank you thank you thank you thank you the bible says that thank you so much in the back thank you hands are going up thank you right here the bible says that the blood of jesus has washed away our sin and maybe you didn't raise your hand the first time grace is calling you today grace says it's a new day grace says it's a new beginning grace says it's a new start for you and if you didn't raise your hand the first time but you want to raise your hand now thank you so much for that hand thank you thank you so much for that hand in the back you could just raise your hand right where you are thank you right here thank you right here people are getting saved thank you right here to my left Thank you right here in the third row. I just want to just give one more moment. just want to give one more moment. The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised. And today could be a new day. The Bible says that our sins can be as far as the east is from the west. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just one more call. Just raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand. Thank you so much for that hand right here. Thank you. Hallelujah. Why don't you repeat this with me? Say, Jesus, I ask you today to come into my life. Make me new. Make me whole. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Fuel Church, put your hands together. So many. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. 
If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.